welcome to the Sound and Marketing Podcast. Today, we pick up where we left off by talking about voice gaming with Nick Saka of Voice Spark Live. Nick posed a very great point at the end of last episode that the future of gaming should and could be defined as using time effectively. If you haven't checked out part one, please do. Now, back to the show. Would you have any like action steps of say it is a bank or uh, a retail store or some some company that has never really thought about voice, how would you tell them to go about specifically voice gaming, like learning more about it and ways that it can uh, be cohesive with their brand strategy? I think the first thing they should do is take a look and see what they're doing uh, as far as attracting new customers and attracting um young customers as well too. If they do have some sort of educational program, then they probably already have IPs that they're locked in with. So that right there will get the ball rolling. And then it's all about just developing, finding themselves a developer and developing some sort of uh, voice um, voice skill. Uh, but whenever you take a look at it, a lot of these companies now are moving in and hiring conversational designers. So they're getting in to that groove. They're just not thinking about the other ways that it could benefit them. You know, whenever I see a sign for PNC, and I know that PNC is a bank out here on the East Coast, I know that's going to be blue and orange. Well, going back to what you said, you know, what does blue and orange sound like? What is that? What What is that? What makes that blue and orange? What can we tie to that mentally? to think, okay, every time I hear a cash register ring, that's blue and orange, that's PNC. So I think companies need to look inside, look, turn it around, look at what they're doing, and then come up with their best use of uh, sonic branding. I love what you said about partnerships too, because like my brain kind of went to say I'm a brand and I still have no idea. I feel like this is just too, like I don't use smart speakers. I don't understand skills and actions and I don't understand this voice gaming thing. I have no frame of reference as to how to start this process. But the idea of partnerships, what if they were to partner with, say, an entertainment company that gets it, um, you know, like and and formulated with them maybe it was a a product integration into uh, a, a gaming situation that this company already had established or they might have a you know fun resources that they could use you know what's a good example of that for the PlayStation 2 there was a game called Pepsi Man so Pepsi teamed up with Sony to like bring this thing to life and Pepsi Man was like a was like one of their uh, mascots or something at the turn of the century. But um, they designed an entire video game around this dude. And the only thing it was, was you like running down the screen, like trying to evade stuff that was, was appearing on the screen. So yeah, you know, you got to look for those uh, sort of like unions and, uh, and, and not always the most familiar spaces. But I think the problem is it goes back to what, I think what Chief, uh, what Steve Jobs said, and I know I'm going to butcher this, it goes back to people not knowing what they want and us telling them what they want or what they need. R- right now, they, they really don't know what they want or they really don't know what they need in terms of sonic branding. We've got to kind of be like the, um, you know, the flag wavers and say, hey, look, over here. And hopefully these bigger companies will 
you know, open up their mind to actually producing or, you know, producing voice applications or having some sort of presence on the skill store. One of the banks I bank with, USAA, if you set it up and configure it right and you you go through like a million and one disclosures, you can ask uh, Alexa what your bank account state, what your bank account balances and she'll tell you. Yeah, I think that it is at the point where a lot of companies don't know what they want and they come to people that are in the industry. But my hope is that we are mindful of that in giving some breadcrumbs, giving some ideas and thoughts so that the next project does come from them. One of the things, you know, like I I write music and I write sounds and I create sonic branding and it's really fun when I create something just from my own vision and they're like, I love it. That's great. But is that necessarily them or is that just something that came out of my brain that they liked? I would rather that I listen to them and they have an idea and I create their vision. Yes. So I'm hopeful that that's where not just for voice gaming, but for voice first and all of this new conversational AI, I hope that that is where it's going, where we're handholding, we're, we're putting out breadcrumbs right now, but we're making them stronger in understanding and more knowledgeable and coming up with some ideas that are truly theirs. Yeah. And I think people need to take a vested interest, right? So it's going to take somebody, like, let's say you take a big business, right? It's going to take somebody on that board of directors to say, hey, I got one of these Amazon Alexa things for Christmas, and I want to build something for that for our company. You know, that's what it that's what it takes, right? It takes somebody on the inside with a little bit of vested interest. Um, but I, I, I think we're moving in the right direction. I think it's just a little bit slower than what anybody anticipated. And here's why. Because you can't see it. A website you could see, you could be like, hey, man, um, you know, you need a website because Bob's Pizza Joint down the street's got a website. And if you don't have a a pizza website, you're going to be out in the cold. Well, they can't see the value in, in the sound or the sonic branding just yet. I think we're getting there, but it's going to take a little bit longer than what people had originally anticipated. There's now case studies and there's there's. There's actual statistics, and I think that a lot of companies were waiting for that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's an investment, and I think that all of these things, like like the voice gaming, this is part of brand equity, and brand equity isn't necessarily something that you're going to see something tomorrow. You may, you, but you may not. Um, but brand equity is investing in your company, and this is. We see it because we're on the inside. We know that the sound industry, the sound marketing industry is growing and thriving and it is not going anywhere. It's it's just going to be bigger. Um, but if people can understand that that is where it is going and take a chance and invest, um, the, the ROI will show it will be there. But it's a long game. It's a long investment. Yeah. And, and I think you got to get creative with it, too. You know, there was um, I forget the name of the skill. But there was a skill that you would be able to activate. I think it might have been Coca-Cola. I'm not 100% sure. You activate the skill, you go through the, the flow, and then they sent you a ticket or a coupon for, you know, whatever. But imagine those sort of things, right? If you can get people in the gate and you can get and you can like, hey, here's a coupon for trying out our skill or, hey, here's this for doing this. Those are the little things that could that could Im- improve a company's ROI. 
significantly when it comes to the voice market. That goes into what you said about people can't see voice, mm-hmm. but um, the idea of like Alexa, send me a sample that that goes into the whole idea of something tangible. And, and I do feel like that is where people have experimented a little bit more with things where product is sent. Um, so yeah, just finding those, those entry points of entry that people can understand and then kind of going, Oh, well, and then there's also this, and then there's also this not bombarding. I think personally, um, whenever you're thinking about getting in and developing a voice app, no matter what it is, whether it's a game or just a, uh, something to increase productivity, whatever it may be, you've got to utilize the visuals. You have to have some sort of multimodal aspect to it. You've got to make sure that you're utilizing the screens and especially with uh, Fire TV OS, because essentially if you have a Fire TV stick or a Fire Cube, your television is a giant Alexa device. You know, that's something to keep in mind. And, and that's something for these uh, major co- major corporations to keep in mind too, because now even though, you know, Bob says, hey, I don't have an Alexa device. I don't want that in my house. Well, do you got a Fire TV stick? Well, yeah, my kid's got three of them. Well, there you go. You have an Alexa in your house. A lot of people don't know that. They're not, they're not educated on that. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things that, one of the biggest things that, uh, that really tripped me up a lot is when I'll be reviewing skills and it'll have a great voice interface. Like I'll be like, yes, no, maybe so. And I'll go through everything and test it out, but there's nothing visual on the screen. And I think, my God, that's such wasted, wasted uh, real estate. Like even if it's just your company's logo with, Hey, reach out to us at www.mycompany.com. If they see that, if they see the logo, they see the website, and they hear the cash register, cha-ching, they're going to associate those three things. And that's very, very, very powerful from a marketing standpoint. And I wonder when when they do it, what would you suggest? Because I feel also that if they invest too much on the visual end of it, invest too much time on the visual end of it, and then see the voice only as an afterthought, there could be detriment to that as well. Because if, if you're too focused on the visual, then when you take the visual away, is there context to the audio? Do you feel yeah. that they should, they should still think audio first, then visual? Is it a tandem thing? Yes, you definitely have to think audio slash voice first, right? Um, especially in this market. What I say is you add the visuals last. But you go through the entire flow and you have to make sure that the the flow is going to, again, it goes back to, you know, visually impaired people, right? You want to make sure that experience is the same, whether or not Sally is using it or Bob's using it from down the street. And it doesn't matter if if uh, Bob's visually impaired and Sally isn't. You want to make sure that that is the exact same experience and that they can fully get everything that they need to get out of that experience uh, by using it. So it, it needs to be an equal playing field. So wrapping this up, I'd love to know your thoughts of um, some exciting things that you have seen coming down the pike. Is there is there um, something voice gaming or intersecting with voice gaming that you've seen or that you're hoping to see? I can tell you that today, uh, Wonder Word uh, got the licensing agreement and the custodial um the custodial rights for Starfinder, 
which is one of the bigger games on the Amazon Alexa skill store, has about 907 four and a half star reviews. And uh, it's, it's, it's top shelf. I mean, you've got voice actors like Nathan Fillion, uh, Fillion and uh, from Firefly and from Castle doing some of the voiceover work. You have um, different sound effects and things like that. Beautiful pictures on the display. So I'm excited about things like that. I'm excited about major IPs uh, making that shift and allowing um, allowing companies companies like Wonderword to utilize that IP in order to bring that entertainment value to everyone. That, that's ultimately what I'm excited about. But I will tell you this. If you're going to design a game, I would say you need visuals, you need sonic cues, and some sort of sonic branding. You need, obviously, you need to be able to save the state. Like if I'm going through like a dead zone and my, my echo auto screws up, I want to be able to pick up right where I left off. But you also need some sort of progression management, something that's going to bring the person back. And that's what really compelled me to Journey 3000 was the fact that, hey, do you know you completed 86% of this and you've seen 30, 30 of the 32 endings? And I'm like, well, where's the other endings at? You know, like I got to go back through and find these. And even with Escape, 60, uh, Escape 63rd, we have hidden special things inside the game to where that if you find something, it goes into a special menu and then you can go back and actually access that again. And it's sort of like, um, I don't want to say it's like a token, but it's uh, sort of like a, an extra benefit to the game. It gives you more context about the background. It fills you in more on H.H. Holmes and what happened. And it's those little things. If you can do those four things, then I, I believe that you'll, you, you will create a, a, a killer voice game. Well, I'm excited to hear hear more about this because uh, honestly, I mean, I'm I'm in this everyday researching and stuff, and the the concept of voice gaming seemed so hard to grasp. So, uh, thank you for spelling it out because it's it's actually it's not as you know, because I, I had it in my head that it was the shoot 'em up games. I'm like, how do you do that without a console? But it's just about a matter of thinking a little bit differently. And do you know what I hope? I hope one day. I turn on my Xbox or my Nintendo Switch and I do something in the video game and then I got to go to work and I hop in the car and to essentially be able to do things within that game that would be reflected whenever I come back home. So what I mean by that is, let's say you have a role-playing game. So you wouldn't be able to do the whole game from your car, obviously, but maybe you could visit the... the um, the armory and restock your supply and see the stats on your guy or your girl before you come back from work and then go back and play the game. Maybe you can find out where you're at on the leaderboard statistically. Those little things like that, I hope to see integrated more and more as we as we go on. So this is more of like an immersive audio experience. Do you see this as being a more uh, community driven experience? Does it, does that make sense to you? Or I think what I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to see like um, interconnected communities, right? So people who like uh, take my wife for instance, she watches Discovery ID, right? 
all these like crazy shows about all, you know, murders and whatnot, you're going to see that um, those people from those communities come in and play something like Escape 63rd. They're going to be attracted to that. But you're also going to have the, vo- uh, the core voice gaming community that's going to be like, hey, I want to play that just because it's something that I can play on my ride to work. So I, I think it will, I think it's going to help. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Nick. I learned a lot and I hope that the audience did too. So thank you for your time. Well, thank you, Gina, for having me. I hope you're enjoying the show. Don't forget to subscribe on all the major podcast channels, share with friends, follow and rate it. Spread the word because, well, more people should know about this stuff. I know you know that now. For any other inquiries, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's D-R-E-A-M-R Productions.com or soundinmarketing.com, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.